0: Hello everyone, this is Lola with Bedtime Stormies. I hope you've all been getting really good REM sleep, and if you're having trouble with that tonight, that's what I'm here for. So tonight we're going to delve right back into what happens when you write to Satan instead of Santa. This is part four, The Neighbor Wants to Fright Frank and Teddy. Fire-breathing butterflies were whizzing about my head when I got the call from Josh's parents. We had tried to put them in a jar, but apparently old jam jars are no match for hellfire, and the butterflies had burned their way through. They had also managed to burn through four of my curtains, one couch cushion, and all of our ice cream, though I suspect that was actually Frank and Teddy. And yet, they seemed completely immune to their own fire. I struggled to pay attention as Josh's mom, just as much of a bully as he was, shrieked at me on the other end. If you think for one second that you can get away with having some goon assault and threaten my child, I've got bad news for you, buddy. Well, um... You see, Josh was pulling the wings off of Sarah's butterflies, and I don't give a shit about some stupid bugs. You know what, smart guy? I'm going to have my husband come over there and kick your ass. Rita, I really don't think that's a good idea, because the line clicked dead in the middle of my sentence. And sure enough, within a minute, Rita's husband was pounding on my door. Miss Hatchetface answered the door to reveal Rita's husband, Mike, a heavily tattooed man with way more biceps than brains and a tight shirt that looked like someone had vomited rhinestones all over it. So, he began in what I can only assume was his best tough guy voice. Where the fuck is this guy who threatened my kid? Oh, Frank and Teddy? Miss Hatchetface replied cheerily. I think he's upstairs trying on dresses with Sarah. Hey, Frank and Teddy, Miss Hatchetface called out. Mike looked a little bit unsure of himself as the seven-foot-tall teddy bear, dressed in a unicorn cloak, descended the stairs. I have answered the lady Hatchetface's call, he boomed out in a voice so loud I could feel it in my gut. This man wants to talk to you about what happened with Josh, Miss Hatchetface said. I regret that I did not send him to hell, but I believe that fate shall afford me another opportunity. That seemed to make Mike angry enough that he forgot his common sense for a moment, and he jammed a finger into Frank and Teddy's chest as he spoke. Nobody threatens my family, he said through clenched teeth. I'm gonna kick your fucking ass, bro. I am not in possession of an ass. I lack the human need to defecate, Frank and Teddy replied. I mean, I'm gonna fight you, bro. I am not designed for fighting. I am designed for loving. Would you like for me to love you instead? Mike's mouth hung open in stunned silence. Are you coming on to me? He asked, his voice much smaller this time. <coughs> he clears throat. You know what? I don't need this. I'm just going to call the cops. I'll see you in hell, buddy. If that is what you wish, Frank and Teddy replied. And before I knew what was happening, there was a black and purple swirl of flames around the two of them. And they had disappeared. Did, uh, I said weakly, "Did he just take him to hell?" Oh, Miss Hatchet, replied. Frank and Teddy's always been a bit literal. I'll go fetch them. She stood there for a moment with a placid smile on her face. "Are, are you, going to fetch them?" I asked. "Oh, right now? Oh, sure. Why not?" With that, Miss Hatcha Face disappeared in a puff of purple flames and smoke. Oh, my head began to feel warm on one side, and I wondered for a moment if I was having a stroke. Then I caught a glimpse of myself in a picture frame. My head was actually on fire. Before I had time to panic, I felt a cold blast, and my vision went white, and I realized I was covered in foam. I turned around to see my little Sarah holding the mini fire extinguisher from under the kitchen sink and grinning. Thanks for... My sentence was cut off by foam as the fire extinguisher blasted me in the face again. Sorry, Dad, Sarah said. You were still on fire a bit. That's okay, honey, I replied. I heard the familiar sound of rushing air that was usually accompanied by black and purple flames and turned around to see that Miss Hatcherface had returned, along with Frank and Teddy and a much paler-looking Mike. Demons! Mike stuttered. I saw demons! Jesus, Frank and Teddy, I said. Where did you take him? I delivered my guests to the gates of hell, city's greatest hellscape. You uh what now? I asked. The hellscapes are like hell's theme parks, Miss Hatchetface explained. Oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad, I guess. I said, well, not for the demons, no, she said. Um, but for the damned souls, it's more like a themed arena of torture. Oh, I said. I do not understand why the human did not enjoy his trip. There were snow cones. But they were made of human blood, Miss Hatchetface said. But they were, oh, positive, the most delicious kind of human blood. (laughs) Miss Hatchetface's tail twitched as she giggled. Well, uh, I trailed off. Is there any way we can maybe like, make sure he doesn't remember what happened? I believe I can be of assistance, Franken Teddy replied. And before I could stop him, he had used his enormous paw to bash Mike over the back of the head. Mike immediately fell over, either unconscious or dead. I have seen this technique employed in the black squares you refer to as Teddy Vision. You mean television? I asked. What is a telly? Uh, It's short for telecommun. You know what? Never mind. Very well. So what should we do with him? I said, staring at Mike's unconscious form drooling on my carpet. Lady Hatchetface has informed me that humans do not eat other humans. I have no other suggestions, Frank and Teddy replied. Just then... An ear-splitting scream filled the air, Ah! and I saw a neighbor, Rita, standing in the doorway, hands on either side of her face and pale as snow. "'What did you people do to my husband?' she wailed, throwing herself on the ground and slapping Mike's face hysterically in what I can only assume was an attempt to wake him. She must not have quite believed him when he said he was okay, because she slapped him a few more times just to make sure. When she was done making sure that he was still alive, she looked up at all of us. Her eyes were bulging out of the sockets as she pointed a shanking finger at me. You, she said, her face so red, she made the pink-skinned Miss Hatchet face look like an albino. I've already called the cops on you freaks. You're all going to jail for a very long time. As if on cue, a police cruiser rolled to a slow stop in front of my house, and two officers made their way slowly towards my door. Which one of you is Rita? The tall, dark-haired officer asked. I am! Rita practically shouted as she jumped to her feet. And these, she said with venom in her voice, these are the freaks who attacked my husband and son. Miss Hatchiface grinned at the officers placidly as her tail snaked its way up under her skirt until it was hidden from view. Are you the husband? The other officer asked, kneeling down on the ground next to Mike with a sympathetic expression on his face. Yes, Mike said. Officer, he whispered, these people aren't human. They're not officer asked, a thin crease spreading across his brow. No, Mike said. They took me to hell. I saw demons and monsters and... Okay, well, I've heard enough. The first officer cut him off, turning towards Rita. Lady, you know it's a crime to prank call 911, right? What? Rita's mouth flopped open like some sort of fish. You're acting like I'm in the wrong here? These people, these freaks, attacked my family. The dark-haired officer shook his head. Where I'm from, he said, we don't call people who look different from us freaks. You can either vacate the premises on your own, or you can vacate them in the back of my squad car. Rita's face took on a cartouche cartoonish expression of disbelief but when she saw that the officer wasn't kidding she grabbed mike's arm and attempted to tug him to his feet after an awkward moment of struggling the two were stumbling away back to their house the first officer turned to frank and teddy and said sympathetically my cousin has growth hormone condition too you just let me know if those people cause you any more trouble he set his business card on the table next to the front door and motioned for his partner to leave. Oh, and uh, I know it's none of my business, he said, turning to Miss Hatchetface, but you should get some aloe vera for that sunburn. Not that you uh, don't look beautiful. I just mean, I mean, you're very beautiful. And <clears throat> his partner loudly cleared his throat and patted the rambling officer on the back or... Right, he said. Dad, <laughs> time to go. Of course, <laughs> Miss Hatchetface giggled as she shut the door behind them. Well, that went better than I expected, I said. I mean, that really almost got out of hand. Indeed, Frank and Teddy replied. I was almost unable to purchase a souvenir for the Princess Sarah. Wait, what? I asked. Hooray! A souvenir! Sarah squealed. Frank and Teddy began rummaging around in his unicorn cloak, and I held my breath, dreading what he would pull out of it. (sighs) I let out a long sigh of relief when he finally produced an ordinary-looking TV remote. What does it do? Sarah asked, tilting her head to the side. Um... I don't think that's quite an appropriate gift for a child, Frank and Teddy, <laughs> Miss Hatchetface said. Nonsense, replied Frank and Teddy. It is a child-friendly one. A-, a child-friendly what? I asked. Miss Hatchetface plucked the remote out of Frank and Teddy's paw and began laughing to herself. Oh, I see, she said. In hell, the demons watch the punishments on a sort of Reality TV, she explained, turning towards me. And they can select the punishment they want to see with their TV remote control. Wait, what? I said. But this one is for child demons, she continued on. Take a look. The remote was black plastic and looked like any other TV remote control you'd find at the store. Printed across the top in silver letters was the phrase. The remote of minor inconveniences instead of numbers and menu buttons it was covered in buttons that said things like tickle tinnitus and unscratchable itch <laughs> at the center of the remote were two big purple plus and minus buttons buttons that simply said intensity i realized that Sarah was standing on her tiptoes behind me too late to stop her from snatching it out of my hand and mashing the tickle button as she pointed it at Frank and Teddy, who immediately erupted into roars of laughter. Ha 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 I find no humor in this situation, but I am unable to stop laughing. ha ha ha! I was about to take the remote away when Miss face caught my eye and smiled. And I kind of forgot what I was doing. Why don't we leave them to it, Mr. Rogers, she said. I had a, a private matter I wanted to discuss with you. A private matter, I asked. Those glittering obsidian eyes were like bottomless pools of water, shimmering in the moonlight as they drew me in. she giggled, but let's just keep it between us two. Maybe we could go somewhere more discreet. Um, yeah, yes, yes, discreet, I said, yeah, great idea. She smiled as she reached out and grabbed my hand and leading me slowly across the room and up the stairs. She led me into the master bedroom. And sat me down on the bed, closing and locking the door behind her, before turning towards me. One corner of her mouth was raised into a smirk, as she looked at me and said, So, about that private matter. Well, that's it for tonight, you guys. That ends uh, chapter four, The Neighbor Wanting to Fight Frank and Teddy. So stay tuned to find out what's going on with this private matter with Little Miss Hatchetface. We'll find out later when we get to part five. Stay tuned and sweet dreams. This is Lola signing off and going to bed. Good night.